You are an expert in your field. You are a doctor in your niche and you are prescribing them with exactly what they need to solve their problem. And a doctor's job is not to show up at their house and make sure that they are taking the medicine. Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Connector Podcast, ladies. I hope you all are having a good day. Before we get started today, I just want to share with you that I believe miracles are in the water. It's almost the holiday season, and I feel like I just had a miracle happen to me that I just want to share with you guys. So a couple days ago, I was in the middle of nowhere. I found a puppy, and a puppy came running up to my truck, and I convinced my boyfriend that it would be okay to bring this puppy home, and we get her in the car, we take her to the vet for an overall checkup, and we find out that... We don't just have one puppy. We have a mom to be. So I am now the mom to not one, not two, but four puppies and a rescue dog. And I have been spending my free time learning about how to assist in puppy birthing. So if anybody has experience, please hit me up in the DMs at Rachel Haig on Instagram. Like, let me know because it is stressful, but it is beautiful And there's some miracles in the air. I'm so glad that I was able to find that pup and she's not out there in the wilderness having her babies. So I believe there's miracles going on. But let's dive in. So I'm super excited to dive in today's episode because things are a little bit different around here. Today it is just me. It's me and you. It's just the two of us. I'm not meant to be a singer. But we are going to be bringing you guys an occasional solo episode where Sam and I dive into topics that we are really passionate about teaching and talking about. So I am calling today's episode Sales School, and we are diving into everything sales optimization. So I truly believe that sales is the gap between having a passion project and having a profitable business. And I believe that income and impact really go hand in hand. And so in order to serve more people in your expertise, you have to be making income. And so that is what we are talking about today, getting those income goals up to par so that you can make maximum amount of impact. So what are we going to cover today? First and foremost, I want to cover the myths and narratives about sales that I believe are not true. We're going to go through the key components to a healthy sales process. We're going to go through the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs make in their sales process that can be costing you thousands of dollars and many client transformations. These are mistakes I have made in the past and they have costed me lots of moolah. So I'm going to be going through it with you guys. We're going to be talking about overcoming objections when you do get to that point in your sales process. 
And ultimately, my promise to you today is at the end of this episode, you are going to leave with tangible things you can implement into your sales process today to see higher conversions. And most importantly, have your sales process feel good for everybody involved, not just for you, but for your clients as well, because sales is service. Now, what I hear the absolute most from our community and business owners in general is that they are always wanting to dive into lead generation strategy or social media marketing strategy. What do I post before even thinking about a sales strategy? And the truth is that those things will do nothing for you if you don't have an optimized sales process. And so we kind of have to rewind, take it back not from what we're putting out there, not from the lead generation right now, not from the social media post. What is happening behind the scenes to make sure that when you do get a lead, you know exactly what to do with them? Because I could tell you a lead generation strategy right now, right? We could get a ton of leads in your business, but if they don't have a sales process to go through that feels good, you're not gonna make those conversions. So we're talking about the sales process today. We're gonna optimize it. We're gonna make sure that it feels good. First, I want to share with you a tragic, tragic story in my journey. So I want to share with you guys first an embarrassing story. I'll be honest. It's a little bit embarrassing because I also had this thought process before where I can post on social media, I can focus on lead generation and have absolutely no sales process in place. And I thought that I could make conversions. And so I want to take you back to one of my first ever businesses far before Connector, far before the company that I had before Connector, I was a fitness coach, a certified fitness coach. And I came out with a program called Boulder Shoulders. We were building the shoulders, ladies. And I spent months, absolutely months. First of all, I spent years learning about fitness, getting my certifications, all of those things. And then I spent months planning out the contents of this program and writing out this Boulder Shoulder program. And then I spent weeks trying to make it pretty. And I'll be honest, I don't even think I knew what Canva was back then. So I was using like Microsoft PowerPoint and it was all bad, okay? But I spent weeks trying to make it pretty and aesthetic for my clients. And then I was blindly marketing it on social media to everyone. I had that thought process that I could serve just everyone. Everyone's got shoulders, right? So I could serve everyone. And I was not focusing really on my sales strategy, I was just focusing on lead generation. And I launched it and I did have a ton of interests. I had a ton of people that I had met at the gym that I had networked with that were on my social media that showed interest. But the truth is, when we came down to that sales conversation, when we came down to them actually purchasing that Boulder Shoulder program, no conversions happened. And my bank account suffered. Okay. My bank account wasn't looking very good during that launch. And it was because I did not have a sales program in place. I did not have a process in place. And I didn't really understand the psychology behind sales. And so I feel for you, if you have spent months building out your offer, you've spent years learning about your expertise, you've spent weeks trying to make your offers pretty, and now you're on social media and you're trying to market this thing and you're getting people in the door. But if you're not seeing the amount of conversions that you need to be seeing right now, I want to take this step back with you so we can optimize your sales process. And then once we get that sales process in place, lead generation, social media, things like that come a little bit easier. Since then, since my Boulder Shoulder program back in the day, my first business failure, maybe first one, second one, I don't know. I became absolutely fascinated with sales processes. I started to really focus on learning what it means 
when somebody purchases something? What is the psychology behind sales? Why do we buy things? Why do other people seek out offers? And I noticed that sales is absolutely everywhere, right? I really believe that there's no better time than right now to learn how to sell because sales is service. And in today's world, sales is happening all around us. And humanly, we actually do it naturally, right? When we tell our friend about these cute leggings that we just got that you should try out because they make your booty look good. Or we tell our grandma about this restaurant that we want to take her to because they have the absolute best pasta out there. We are selling that person on an idea. And so because it happens naturally, if we have something that we can really serve people with, that we can really solve problems with, and we can really change lives with, there is no reason we should not be providing that service to other people. And so over the past couple of years, I became absolutely fascinated with the sales processes, learning it inside and out. Over the past years, I have had incredible mentors along the way. I have read so many different sales books and seeked so many different ways of learning sales. And I've immersed myself into some of the hardest sales jobs on the planet, going from not knowing a single thing about sales to closing over $300,000 worth of sales in a day. I am extremely passionate about talking about sales. And y'all, if I can do it, if I can go from zero to nothing, you can too. So today, what we're going to go through is what I call the sales cycle. And this sales process, I actually learned it back in my OG days when I did door-to-door sales. Shout out to my old door-to-door fam. This is the job that really taught me sales real quick. And let me tell you, it builds character. It really taught me that you don't need to have it all figured out. You can be successful financially by just understanding psychology behind sales. And so when you are on the doors in door to door, you either learn how to build trust and build relationships with people really quickly from the moment that you knock on their door to getting inside their door and teaching them about your offer and selling them on your offer and serving them with your offer, or you get stuck outside in the 120 Arizona heat on the curb for nine hours and you learn why it's important to learn how to sell. And let me tell you, I did both. I have lots of sunburns back in the day. I sat on a lot of curbs. I had a lot of flops, but I also learned how to sell. And so I want to take you through that sales cycle and now how Sam and I have used it to implement into our business, to implement it into what we teach to our current clients and see results for Connector, see results for all of the clients within our coaching programs as well. Let's lay it out for you, the sales cycle. This is the entire process. And then we're going to break it down piece by piece by piece. And what I would love for you to be able to do is either take a mental note or maybe even take physical notes on each piece of this process so you can go back into your sales process and start to optimize things one by one. So the order of the sales cycle is first, prospecting, second, qualifying, third, presenting, fourth, overcoming objections, and fifth, closing the deal. So first, we are going to start with prospecting. And I hear a lot of ladies come to us and say, I don't have a big enough audience yet to make any sales. I need more followers. I need more leads. I can't dive into the sales process before I have more followers, before I have more leads. And so I want to do a little audit for a second, because although it's true, right, you do need a human to have a sales conversation with. So we have to have some sort of leads in the door. The industry standard for conversions for an audience is 3 to 5%. And so let's say on the low end, 
if you have 500 followers, maybe even across different platforms, 500 friends across different platforms, 3% of that is 15 people. 15 sales. Let's say your offer is 3K. That's $45,000 in conversions. I just said if you have 500 followers or 500 friends across different social media platforms, you have the ability to make $45,000 if your offer is around 3K. And so I truly believe when it comes to prospecting, it's not about the size of the audience. It's about the quality of conversation. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to prospecting. Lead generation, social media, how you talk about your business in general. In order to sell someone, you must know who you are talking to and if they are in the market or ready for your offer. And so first, I want to take you through a little audit exercise that you can do after listening to this episode. I want you to go to Facebook or go to Reddit, maybe even go to like Twitter or what is the new one, Threads, and search in the search bar your industry keywords. And you can use this a whole bunch of different ways. So let's say you're a real estate agent. You can search house purchasing. You can search renting. You can search investing. You can search properties. And what I want you to do is simply be curious. Simply just look at what other people are using in their verbiage when they talk about these things. Same thing, let's say if you are a fitness coach, right? Search weight loss journey. Search lifting weights. Search gym membership search fitness journey, search 75 hard, whatever it is, and you'll start to see how people talk about your niche. This is your client avatar's language. Oftentimes when we are an expert, we like to market to our prospects speaking in an expert's language, right? We say, hey, if you want to optimize this, if you want to do this, if you want to do that, whatever we learned, right? We're using all these big verbiages, but we have to remember we're the expert Our ideal client maybe isn't educated in this space yet, and that's okay. And so we need to understand how does our client speak about what you serve them with. And so a quick audit, you can go onto Facebook, Reddit, any other platform, just go into the search bar, search some keywords, and just evaluate. Just be curious on how other people are talking about your industry and start to input some of their language into your marketing. Now, When it comes to prospecting and we're talking about sales, we want to make sure that we are using our social media platforms to speak to all of the different types of buyers and where they are at, right? If we have sales in mind, this sales process starts the moment these people find us on social media, the moment they see us. And so we need to make sure that we are speaking to them at every point in their buying journey. And so I like to break it down into there are three different types of buyers. And once you understand these three types of buyers, creating content and lead generation for your buyers is going to be super simple. So the first type of buyer is people that don't know they have a problem and they are not actively searching for a solution. So this is going to be people that maybe are in your network that aren't ready to buy yet, but over time, you're going to be able to warm them up to the idea of purchasing your offer. We still want to nurture these people, right? Let's say that you help people get their LLC to make it easy, right? You help people start their business journey. An example of a buyer number one would be somebody that works in nine to five. They don't know that they want to start a business and they are not actively thinking about starting a business. So if you go to them and say, I'm going to help you get your LLC, they're going to be like, well, what is that? I don't need that, right? And so we would need to speak to them in our marketing of this is what's possible. It is possible to start a business. 
What are your business ideas? Let's get those creative juices flowing. What are you unhappy about in your nine to five, right? We have to paint the picture of where they're at. Now, the second type of buyer is people that know they have a problem and they are not actively searching for a solution. So an example of this, again, if you're somebody that helps people get LLCs, would be somebody that is working a nine to five and they're extremely unhappy at their nine to five and they're aware that they're unhappy, but they don't really know that it's possible to start a business. Maybe they don't know if they could do that. They don't have that belief that they could do that yet. And so in your marketing for this type of person, you would want to be speaking to what's possible for them. Are you unhappy in your nine to five? You are capable of starting a business. This is how simple it is to start a business. This would be your next steps to start a business. That's going to speak to them and get them on that buying journey. Then there's buyer number three. This is our ideal buyer. This is that 3% in your audience that is ready to convert now. And the buyer number three is people that know they have a problem and they are actively searching for a solution. So again, if you help people get their LLCs, this is people that they're in their nine to five, they're unhappy, they know they're unhappy, and they are actively searching for a solution. They're ready to get their LLC. They've already probably put in their two weeks at their business or created a game plan for when they're leaving, right? And so they're ready for that next step. And so your marketing is going to be a little bit easier for them. Those are the people that will really go in on that call to action that you put out there. So when it comes to prospecting, right, the sales process starts at the 100% beginning. That's why when I was blindly creating content back in the day, I was getting people to see me. People were seeing what I was doing, but they were not actively following the sales process because I had no sales process. So you want your social media, you want your lead generation, your prospecting strategy to be speaking to all different three types of buyers, people that don't know they have a problem and are not actively searching for a solution, people that know they have a problem and are not actively searching for a solution, and those ideal people that know they have a problem and they are actively searching for a solution. Take a deep breath. The three types of buyers, you want to make sure that you are implementing that into your marketing to start your sales process. Now I want to step into the second piece of the sales process, which is probably the most important. Actually, not probably. It is the most important part of the sales process, and this is qualifying. By qualifying properly, this is going to reveal the direction of the sale, and ultimately, it's going to show you if you are speaking to the ideal client very quickly. So you can save your time and you can save your client's time. You can know if they're ready to convert right now or not, or if they need to kind of go back into your process and be nourished a little bit more before they're ready to purchase. So one of the biggest mistakes that I see when it comes to qualifying in this phase of the sales process is people making a sale all about you all about your offer. This was me in the OG days. I was like, boulder shoulders. I got boulder shoulders. You need boulder shoulders, right? It sounds a little bit contradictory, but this sales process is about them. Think about if you are buying a house and you walk into this house, your realtor opens the door for you. When you walk into this house, you're thinking about the memories that you're going to create in this space. You're picturing maybe your kiddos running through the house. You're thinking about your dog running through the yard and how you can see them out through the big windows. You're thinking about how you're going to feel when you cook in the kitchen. You're not really thinking about 
if you have a good realtor or not as she stands in the doorway. And if you're standing in that house and your real estate agent is just chatting your ear off and she's like, oh, look at this and look at this and look at this and look at this. And she's not giving you a moment to absorb and feel and see the picture of what it would be like in that house. It would stop you maybe from making that buying decision. It would clutter your brain and you'd have to be like, hold on, give me a second. I need to really get grounding here. And so this is the same thing that we need to do when it comes to guiding the sales process. The biggest mistake I see is people just chatting their ear off to their customer and telling their customer all of the things without providing space for their customer to see themselves in this area, to see themselves in this picture. And the best way to do that is to ask questions. And so your job during the qualifying process, during the sales process, is to simply guide, ask questions, and listen to your customer. And if you do this, your customer is going to tell you exactly what they need right now and exactly how you can serve them. And so this is one thing that we implement into our sales process is an extra step. So if you are somebody that is doing sales calls, you can always implement a triage call. So within Connector, right, when we have people coming onto different sales calls, we do what's called a triage call. This is a qualifying call. This call is for us to ask questions, to qualify, to make sure it's a good fit, and to make sure that we can give our client the right direction of resources. And then if they are a good fit for the offer that we are selling, they then go into the sales call. So we qualify and we ask questions first. Now, you can do these together, but ultimately your job is to ask a ton of questions before you go and tell them all about your offer. I want to walk you through an example of revealing direction of the sale, what types of questions to ask, and why we ask these questions. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about objections later, but... The number one fear people have is objections, right? When we think about the sales process we and objections, we're like, oh God, that is the scary part. That is the gut-wrenching part. That is the part that is the most scary. And so if you have a quality qualifying phase in your sales process, if you're qualifying properly, you're going to overcome objections before they even come up. And so this is saving you, right? When it comes to that pitch, when it comes to those objections coming up. So If you are someone who often hears, I need to talk to my spouse, I don't have enough money, I need to think about it, then this step is going to be a game changer for your conversions. There are five common objections. One is, I need to talk to my spouse. We've all probably heard it. The other one is, I already have something similar. The other one is questioning your legitimacy or the legitimacy of your offer, the legitimacy of your company, right? Just overall questioning legitimacy of this call. Money objection, which we've all probably heard, finances, and then simply not interested. And so our goal is to keep these objections in the back of our mind when we are qualifying and ask questions that are going to guide the sale to us getting a good perspective on where they're at on all of those objections and them seeing a clear picture so that those objections don't come up in the future. So I'm going to walk you through some questions that you can ask during the qualifying process, during this triage call, during your sales call. You can even use this in different questionnaires people go through before purchasing from you. But some things that you definitely want to ask, you want to understand deeper about your customer before you go in and pitch them. 
So here is a list of some questions that you can ask. One is, what is your main reason for booking the call today? They're going to tell you exactly why they're here and exactly how they want you to serve them. What do you already know about blank, right? If you ask them, what do you already know about your industry? What do you already know about fitness? What do you already know about home buying? What do you already know about coaching? What do you already know about health, this granola bar I'm about to sell you, right? They're going to tell you what they think they already know. They're going to tell you what they've heard. They're going to maybe even tell you about what somebody else told you about their programs. You're going to learn a ton more. Another question, have you ever experienced something like blank, exactly what you're about to sell them? Now you're getting a good understanding of have they ever had a coach before? Have they ever had a real estate agent before? Have they ever tried a product like this before? And what was their experience? What were their fears? What was the good things they liked? What was the things they didn't like? If it looks like we're a good fit to work together, are you in a position today to make an investment? This can be a scary question to ask, but this question is going to guide the sale. This question is setting you up for being able to pitch later and showing them where you sit, right? What are your intentions? They're going to realize, okay, there is an investment at the end of this. And so right off the bat, you're able to really lead and guide this sale. Are you the main decision maker or is there anyone else you like to discuss decisions like this with? When you ask this question, that is how you can really understand if you're going to get that spouse objection later. And you can open up the door to invite their spouse on the call, invite their mom on the call, invite their goldfish or their dog with four puppies on the way on the call so that they can feel comfortable with making this decision today if it is a good fit. What is your main challenge when it comes to blank? Where do you want to be six months from now? And how long have you been experiencing this challenge? With those three questions, you're really understanding where they're at. What is the problem that they're having? What is their goal? And what is that gap between the problem they're having and the goal? And how can you solve that problem to get them to their goal? I know this was a whole lot of questions, but these are just a little bit of questions you can ask during the qualifying process to really lead, to guide to understand where your client's at so that you can walk them through this sales process and you can also qualify them to see where they're at on these three types of buyers and if they would be ready to purchase now. And it's important to remember that you are the expert. When you are on a call like this, your job is to set the agenda. Your job is to lead them through this call, understand their expectations, know where they're at currently, learn where their goals are when it comes to the areas that you can support them. Learn how long they've been experiencing these problems so that you can show them what's possible for them. Understand if they're the decision maker or not and understand if they are ready to purchase and make this investment at this time. Now, we've gone through prospecting. We've gone through the most important part, which is qualifying. Now I want to take you through presenting. So let's say you are on a sales call. They're in your sales process and you've qualified them. They are ready to learn more about your offer. Once you've asked those questions and you know they are a good fit, now it's time to ask permission to show them a resolution to their problems. And oftentimes I hear it that a lot of people feel like sales feels sleazy or sales feels like you have to convince people to buy from you. And so strictly here in this presenting portion, when you're asking permission and you're saying, hey, 
I've heard your challenges. I've heard your problems. I know where you're heading, what your goals are. I feel like I have a solution. Are you open to hearing that solution? And they say yes. You're now leaning into permission-based sales. You're now getting that permission to present. And so they're going to be fully paying attention to your presenting. As we kick off presenting, I want to give you two different examples. So let's say you are somebody that is doing that triage call or that little inquiry call, right? And this is not the sales call. You need to get them on a sales call. Something that you can easily say to transition after qualifying is, based on what you've shared so far, I'm confident I can help. What I'd love to do is schedule you for a full call where we can go even deeper and see what a solution specifically for you would look like. And I can give you a full game plan to execute on. Does that sound good? Do you have openings tomorrow or this or that? And you can give them those times. Now, if you are on that sales call and you're ready to present to them, something that you can simply say is, based on what you've shared so far, I'm confident I can help you achieve what you want to achieve. I would love to walk you through more details. Do you have approximately 15 minutes or 30 minutes? And again, you're asking for that permission to dive into presenting. So let's go into the key components to presenting your offer. And again, we don't want to throw up on them, right? We still are in the mode of asking questions and simply guiding them. And so your goal here, your only goal here is to simply show them how you can solve their problem and how you can get them to that point C, right? And overcome that point B of whatever their challenge is right now. So two main mistakes that I see a lot of people make during presenting is one, pitching too many things. If you are a woman that has multiple different offers, Sam and I have multiple different ways that we serve people, that's okay. There's beauty in that. But we wanna make sure that you are sticking to one call to action during the sales process. You want different sales processes for every offer that you have. So ultimately, when you are pitching, you wanna make sure you're pitching just one offer. A confused buyer never buys. If you have multiple offers, you want to recommend the one offer that you feel like fits best for them right now. And remember, you're the expert. You are the doctor of your craft. Your job is to provide them with a recommendation, right? Give them the medicine that they need. Recommend that one offer for them. And down the road, they might purchase your other offers. You can lead them to another offer and upsell later. But we want to keep it really simple and just provide one offer, one solution for them. The second mistake that I see a lot of people make, and this is something I was challenged with back in the day when I was doing a lot of sales, was spitting out all of the features versus walking them through the benefits and walking them through the experience, really painting the picture of what it looks like to work with someone. And so I want to give you a little bit example of what this looks like, and then you can input your own offer in there. Here's an example of selling on features. Let's say I'm selling smartphone and I say, our smartphone has a six inch screen and it's LED and a six, 64 megapixel camera and 128 gigabytes of storage and three cameras. So you'll be able to zoom in in this way and da, 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 right? Boom. I just overwhelmed you. You're like, I can't even see this smartphone like how is this going to work for me? How is this going to serve me? Yes, it's cool. Yes, it's flashy, but I don't need all of these features. Versus selling on the benefits. If I were to sell a smartphone on the benefits, I would say with this new smartphone, you'll enjoy 
stunningly vibrant and clear photos. Even in low light conditions, you're going to get the best quality pictures possible. So when you're taking photos of your kiddos, you're going to be able to get that picture really quickly and it's going to come out as good quality. Also, I know you probably take a ton of pictures of your dog and your kiddos. So there's plenty of storage for all of your photos or your apps. Or if you do work from your phone, there's plenty of storage to make your life more convenient, make it more easy. So you never have to worry about your phone not having enough storage. Right then and there, right? I don't sell smartphones, but right then and there, by selling on the benefits versus selling on the features, I'm able to really show how it's going to improve the user's life. How is it going to make it more relatable, more appealing? How is it going to feel good for them to use it? How is it going to be worth it for them? How can they truly see themselves using it and see it serving them? So this is what you want to do when you're presenting your offer. List out your entire offer right now behind the scenes, right? And list out what are the features, the cool things. Now, how does that feature benefit my client? If I am a coach, here's all the things I'm going to teach, X, Y, and Z, right? But how is that teaching when they learn it? How is it going to serve them? And that is what you want to present on. All right. So we've gone through prospecting. We've gone through qualifying. We've gone through presenting. Now we want to touch base a little bit on the next phase, which is objections. So if you have qualified properly, you've gotten this far into the sale then you already know your client has interest in what you offer. They have a problem that needs to be solved and your offer is most likely the solution to their problem where they would not be on this call with you. They would not be in this portion of your sales process. They would not have watched your full sales video to this point, right? The truth is that people don't really ask questions about things if they don't really care about things. If we think back to moments when we were being sold on something and we weren't really interested in it, right? We just smile and nod and walk away, right? If somebody is asking you questions, they're actually interested. And so I like to think of an objection is actually a buying question, right? Objection is not something negative. It's a spark of curiosity. It's them needing clarity to move forward and showing interest. So if we think about the different objections, right? We talked about decision maker, already have legitimacy, money, not interested, all of these things, if you qualified and you asked those questions we talked about before, you've already sparked this curiosity, this thought of how it's going to benefit them aside from any of these concerns. What is the number one mistake I see people make when they are starting to overcome objections? Well, it is allowing fear of rejection to overwrite your confidence during the sale. And let me tell you, I have done this a ton. I had to work through the fear of rejection a ton to get to a point where I feel good talking about objections and having these quality conversations with people. Because back in the day, y'all, when I heard an objection, when I heard a buying question, I would immediately fight, flight, or freeze. And I don't mean throw punches, but I would fight as in I would immediately go into protective mode. And I would throw all of the ways that my offer would provide for them and serve them and the benefits and the features. And I would just overwhelm them with information. I would just throw up information on them. Or I would flight. I'd panic. My hands would get sweaty. And I'd be like, ah, you're right. Maybe this isn't for you. And I would just shut down. I would freeze. I would panic. I wouldn't know what to say. My heart would start beating. I'd start getting clammy. 
And I would just not know what to say. And so I would ignore their question or freeze and not know what to do. And I would lose the sale because I didn't provide them with the clarity that they needed. And by doing this, fighting and flighting and freezing, when objections came up, it left me feeling embarrassed. It left me feeling humiliated. It honestly left me very exhausted because I was spending all of this time with potential buyers that could have purchased, but I lost the sale because I allowed my fear of rejection to wreck my confidence during the sale. And so I want you to take a moment and dive into your why. If there is a fear of rejection that you have, if you think of objections, if you think of somebody asking a question right when you're dropping the numbers and you're pitching and it makes you feel a little clammy, if it tightens your chest a little bit, I want you to dive into why you have a fear of rejection in the first place. And this is something I had to do and I had to go deep. Shout out to EMDR therapy, right? It runs deep and sometimes it's things we don't even notice that we dealt with growing up, but they stuck with us in our subconscious mind and they now affect how we serve others with our sales. For example, for me, I felt rejected in the past when I was a little kid and I drew a ton of pictures and I made them all beautiful and I spent hours drawing and painting a picture and then I would run up to my mom and I'd be like, hey mom, look at my picture. And she'd be on the phone and she'd be like, shh, go, go, go in the other room. And she wouldn't look at my picture. I was a little girl and I felt rejected, right? Or back in high school when a boy literally hid from me when I was asking him to Sadie's and I had spent days building up the courage and making a beautiful poster just to ask him, right? And so I felt all this fear of rejection. I got rejected and now I created this belief in my mind around what it looks like to be rejected and what that means. But looking back at it, I had to dive into those fears of rejections and create new beliefs as an adult. If I look at those situations now, I probably showed my mom thousands of drawings and she looked at 999 hundred of them, right? And she gave me a round of applause and she hung them on the fridge and she still kept them to this day. And that one picture was just her being busy, probably scheduling my doctor's appointment or probably doing something for me. And I look at my rejections in the past and I look at how much of a blessing they were, right? I am so grateful I didn't end up going to Sadie's with that boy. I am so grateful I didn't end up having that conversation with him. There were so many red flags I didn't see in that moment, right? And so ultimately, as an adult, we have to bring ourselves back to those moments in which we felt rejected. You have to create new beliefs around what rejection means, new beliefs around those scenarios with our knowledge that we have now as an adult. And worst case scenario, let's say you're on this sales call and let's say somebody does reject you and they, they're they just like, nope, I don't want it. We have to look at it as rejection is protection. How many times were you rejected in your life and it was actually protecting you from something that led you to something greater down the road? As adults, we want to look into what's happening on the other side. What's happening when they reject? And oftentimes there's a chance when somebody rejects you, especially when we're talking about sales, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. 
And I had to learn this in door to door. You get rejected all day long. I would knock on some doors and people would welcome me in with open arms. And then I would knock on a different door and somebody would come out shooting a BB gun at me. Rejection happens. And what I learned is it has absolutely nothing to do with me. It has to do with that person's previous beliefs, that person's previous experiences. And so your job as an expert, as a leader on this call, is to simply ask questions and understand deeper and help them see a new perspective on what this sale could be, right? On what this opportunity could be for them. And if you've made it this far into the sale, you know the problem they have. You know that you are able to solve it. You wouldn't be here on this call if you weren't, right? And you know that you're able to relieve them of the challenge that they're facing and lead them to a form of freedom. And so in this moment, If somebody asks you an objection question, you would be doing them a disservice by allowing their fear of being sold to hold them back from experiencing that freedom. Therefore, again, your job is to simply guide them to a new perspective. Now we've gone through rejection. What's happening with rejection inside, all the work that you got to do around that. And then what's happening on the outside, what's happening on the other side so we can have a human understanding, right? Now you're ready to sell with confidence and guide them to this freedom. Here's what to do if an objection comes up. The first thing that you want to do is isolate that objection. We want to ask what's going on. We want to isolate it because we want to understand if this is their only concern or if there's multiple different concerns. This will stop people from spiraling into a whole bunch of different thoughts. We want to get clarity on what is the one thing holding them back from moving forward. Maybe they give you a couple more things and you just continue to ask, is that the only thing holding you back from moving forward today? Now, once you've isolated this objection, you want to repeat it back to them. It's important that they hear it back to them because it's going to give them a deeper understanding of their perspective, hearing somebody repeat it back to them, hearing somebody understand them. So you can simply say, if I'm hearing you correctly, the only thing holding you back from moving forward today is blank. And they're going to say yes. Then you want to ask for clarity on that objection. And you can ask these questions to get a better understanding of the objection so that you can pinpoint the specific concern that they have and then provide clarity again. And a good way to ask this is, okay, can you elaborate on that? Can you elaborate on why money is a problem for you right now? Can you elaborate on why you can't make this decision right now? Can you elaborate why you're needing blah, 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 blah? And you're going to let them let it all out. And what this is doing is, one, giving you an understanding of exactly how you can pinpoint this concern, but it's also giving them an understanding of hearing their thoughts out loud so they can start to put the things together on why they're having this problem, what their concern is, and maybe they'll overcome it in their brain as well. Now, once you've gotten to a point, they've elaborated, you have a good understanding, you've isolated that objection, what I like to use for any objection is feel felt found. And so I want to give you an example of using feel felt found around one of the most common objections, which is money. First, we want to isolate. So if you don't mind me asking, is the only thing holding you back from investing today is the price point? Yes. Okay. So first you want to isolate. You repeat it back to them and then you want to get clarity. So can you elaborate on that? What's going on financially? They're going to let it all out. And then we're going to use feel, felt, found. So the first point is feel. We really want to show them that we understand where they're at. We want them to feel okay about sharing this hard thing they just shared with you. 
And so a way to say this is I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I understand how vulnerable it can feel to share financials with somebody and share where you're at right now. Then we want to use felt. You want to relate to them that they're not alone in this concern. And so you can say something along the lines. If you've heard this objection once, you've probably heard it twice. I actually had a client share with me the same thing the other day. She was experiencing some of the same questions prior to joining the program before. Her main concern was actually how soon would she see ROI on her investment? And then you want to use found. So this is where you're providing a result because we always want to guide them to show them what's possible. What we found was within this program, you can see ROI as quickly as you are able to take action on the things that we teach. Susie actually had a goal of ROI within one month. And so together we worked on a customized action plan checklist and to make sure that she was on track with those results. And she was actually able to see her ROI in less than two weeks because she took action on that program. Do you feel like if we created a customized plan, you would be able to take action on it? Boom. They're probably going to say yes, because we know they're an action taper. We've qualified them. And now we've just helped them see a new perspective of their concern. And so obviously, depending on your offer or your client's question or the testimonials that you have and client experiences that you have, this might change a little bit. But this is something that we've implemented in our sales journey. This is something all of our expert circle mastermind clients have implemented in their sales journeys as well. And just using this little piece of overcoming objections with the thought process on clarity, the thought process on showing them a new perspective has increased conversions drastically. And so I'd really like for you guys to implement this into your sales process, practice it in the mirror, practice it with a friend, overcoming each version of objection with feel, felt, frowned, and isolating that objection. And remember, there is nothing wrong you can say to the right person. They are there for a reason, okay? Now I want to take you through the last piece of the sales cycle, which is the close. This is sealing the deal. This is making the moolah and serving others, right? There is a big narrative around not wanting to be salesy, not wanting to be convincing. And so we're going to change that narrative today because if you are following the sales process properly, you should only be having a sales conversation with the most qualified people in your audience. The people that you're having this sales conversation with, the people that you're dropping price to should be your type three buyers. They are ready to purchase. They know they have a problem. They're actively searching for a solution. And now you are just providing that solution with your offer. And so we talked about it before, but I like to remind myself in the moment of the close when I'm about to drop price that I am a doctor. And as a leader, as the doctor, the expert in your niche, your job is to prescribe with them what is needed to give them the choice to take the leap of faith into this next level of freedom, into this solution that you're providing. And so as I go to drop price, as I'm closing the deal and I'm really solidifying, right? We're having those hard conversations. We're dropping the numbers. I like to remind myself in this moment, I am a doctor. You are a leader. You are an expert in your field. You are a doctor in your niche and you are prescribing them with exactly what they need to solve their problem. And a doctor's job is not to show up at their house and make sure that they are taking the medicine. Your job is to provide the solution, provide that option, show them what's possible, and they need to make that choice. They need to choose to reach that next level. They need to choose to solve their problem. And so your job 
is simply to just be a pendulum. Remain consistent. Show them what's possible over and over. And whether they convert today, whether they convert a different day, whether they're ready right now after you have these conversations and you overcome the objections or not, you are here with open arms ready to serve them. And maybe your program closes, right? And there, there's spots full where you're still that pendulum. You're still serving people. And next time it opens, that person will come back. Your job is not to stress about other people. Your job is to provide them with a choice. And so remain in that. When objections come up and you need to provide clarity, maybe you get a no, maybe you get I'm not ready and you work through it and you just can't get them to that point, that is okay. Rejection is protection. Remain that pendulum, remain that doctor, provide solutions, and when they are ready, they will come back to you. Today has been a loaded episode. So to recap everything we talked about, we talked about the golden sales cycle that I learned in Door to Door. We talked about you do not need a large audience to have conversions. Your audience will convert at at least a 3 to 5% conversion rate. So you already have clients in your audience ready to buy. We talked about the three types of buyers and how to prospect. We talked about speaking your ideal client's language and something you can use today to learn your client avatar's language. We talked about qualifying and asking questions and leading and directing that sale. We talked about keeping it simple and presenting with the benefits in mind, not allowing rejection to hold you back from serving where you are meant to make change in the world, overcoming objections, isolating objections, using feel felt found, closing the deal, being the doctor, all of these different things, I want to leave you on one last note. And that's a little math equation, okay? So to get your sales goals aligned this month, I really want to talk about what are the numbers, what are the metrics, what do you need to hit? I believe that in sales, there's lots of strategies. There's lots of things we can say. There's lots of things we could do. There's lots of things we can optimize, but nothing can be optimized if it is not tracked. Below, I've attached a PDF that is reviewing this metrics equation. So this math equation that you can plug your numbers into to understand your goals. You could do it multiple different times to set different goals for yourself, as well as a different PDF that walks you through this sales cycle, walks you through a couple things you can implement, what those qualifying questions are. So you can implement something into your business today. If you take anything from this episode, make it be there is nothing you can say wrong to the right person. Pick one thing that we talked about today, implement it in your business, track it, look at those metrics, optimize it over time. You are meant to serve others. Sales is service. I hope you guys have a great day. I love y'all connectors. Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.